0: Welcome to another episode of Strictly Business, the podcast in which we talk to some of the brightest minds working in media today. I'm Variety Co-Editor-in-Chief Andrew Wallenstein. For many people, Red Bull is the energy drink that gives you wings. But for the past 10 years, the beverage company has become a lot more than that, a pioneering force in the worlds of branded entertainment and action sports. That non-carbonated component of the business is overseen by today's guest, Garrett Meyer, who has served as CEO for Red Bull Media House for the past two years. Thanks for coming in, Garrett. Let's do a little level setting for those who may not be familiar with Red Bull in the media business, because as long as you've been in the job, you've been pretty
1: quiet and let the brand's work do the talking. Now it's your turn. Yes, the Red Bull Media House uh, over the last 10 years has been a driver for everything that we've been doing on the content, on the media side, both in support of what we do on the brand side, but also with a lot of the unbranded uh, exercises. So during that time, we've created Red Bull TV as a standalone app, as well as an integrated experience, Red Bull.com, together with all the various content features that we've had across video, whether that's music, that is audio in general, our podcasts, but also our text and our video. We're really much focusing on the editorial pieces around our events, around our 700 plus athletes that we do, but also all the inspiring and aspiring stories that we hear in the world, whether that's in sports and culture, dance, music, et cetera. So we're super excited that we're now at a point where we really feel we kind of can take it to another level.
0: And so you've been at this now for the past few years, but the Red Bull's been in entertainment uh, for a lot longer than that. What did you inherit two
1: years ago, and how has it changed in your time in the top job? So when I came to the job a couple of years ago... What I found was a company, as you said, super strong on branded entertainment. We've done some really, really good pieces of content. Everybody remembers Stratos, Felix Baumgartner, jumping from space. Oh, yeah. And I think we had uh, gotten ourselves to a really, really strong point where we had platforms that attracted a sizable audience. But now, given where we are, 2017, 18, and 19, media world, as you know, and as we all know, changing rapidly with an influx of content uh, investments that has reached absolute new heights, with an unsurpassed amount of content that we're seeing out in the world being consumed on multiple platforms. So for us, it was really important to take it to the next level. Next level for us means really still focusing on platforms that we have, but we're really becoming much more audience-centric. Audience-centric for us means finding audiences that kind of find communities around the world or locally, Kind of get together. For us, obviously, that has to do with a lot of the core sports that we're in, whether that is surfing, whether that is skateboarding, whether that's biking, but a lot has also to do with things we're not so relevant or so not so known with, which is music, dance, arts, etc. So for us, building an organization that is really focused around these audiences and then speaking to these audiences with relevant content finding them where they actually live, whether that's digitally or terrestrially, and then talk to them in a tone that is native to kind of their community and how they talk with each other. That is the relevancy that we're trying to create to also then work through what we've always believed in, authenticity and, what, as we say, giving wings to people and their ideas. And so now for the last two years, we've really worked on refocusing around audience-centric programming, audience-centric content creation, Also, not just alone, but also with a lot of the partners that are out there. And so people
0: understand it. When you're talking about this sort of audience centricity, how is the Red Bull media experience different today than it was a few years ago? You mentioned, for instance, partners, and I guess you're doing a lot more of that.
1: Yes, absolutely. I think what really has changed is that What we consider the Red Bull Media Network has really expanded beyond our owned and managed platforms into other shared and distributed platforms. If you look at our relationship, whether that's with YouTube or you look at our relationship with Twitch or other uh, publishers that are out there, we've gotten a lot deeper in our relationship with traditional broadcasters, uh, but even on our feature film side. Uh, if you look at some of the documentary releases that we've done over the last few years, we've seen much, much deeper relationships and distribution and theatrical releases. So overall, we've just gotten much, much broader in the way we kind of consider our own world of Red Bull and where our content lives and where our audiences
0: lives. You mentioned hundreds and hundreds of athletes. Give us a sense of you
1: know, some of the big names that we've heard of that are sort of in the Red Bull camp. Well, I think uh, that really depends on, because, uh, you know, we talk about so many different disciplines. But, uh, you know, we have, you know, as we talked about relevancy last week, Lindsey Vonn, who's been with uh, Red Bull for such a long time, unfortunately, announced her retirement. But uh, we have uh, Max Verstappen in Formula One. Obviously, we're working very closely with Anthony Davis on there basketball side. Really? And we have uh, Marcel Hirscher for anyone who's now doing the winter season especially me coming from Austria uh, as one of the premier ski athletes out there. I think we can talk about a number of of athletes that uh, we can point to who over the years have provided so much success and so much joy to the people out there and really our role in all of this is to just document all the successes and everything that they've been doing telling their stories out to the world.
0: And also, your definition of sports probably keeps expanding. Esports is now part of the
1: mix. Oh, absolutely, esports. But as I also mentioned, dancing. If you look at the global dance competition, you know we're very strong in any kind of urban sports. Uh, we host every year the. Uh, World Championship and breakdancing, which has been growing in popularity around the world. That's a sport now. Uh, It's it's always been a sport, but it's been a sport that actually has been growing in popularity significantly. And, you know, the athleticism that you see with the athletes who are participating in those has been uh, huge. But, yes, you're absolutely right. If we're looking at esports and professional gaming, uh, we've gotten ourselves uh, into a number of different competitions with our own teams, uh, with some of our own events. And what we're seeing is that, obviously, with that popularity, that esports is uh, experiencing right now. Again, we found another kind of sport. But that being said, there's also a lot of sports that have had relevancy over the last few years that have now gotten mainstream traction. I mean, just look at 2020 Tokyo for next year. Olympics. Olympics. We have uh, skateboarding being added. You have surfing being added. You have bouldering being added. I mean, those are all sports that we at Red Bull have been considered core to what we do for many, many years. So it's great to see that those athletes now with their accomplishments are actually being recognized on an international level. You know, and uh, obviously the Olympics are at the highest level that you can compete at. So we're extremely proud to kind of see, you know, that our athletes are now having a chance to kind of prove themselves.
0: I'm ashamed to admit, I, bouldering,
1: is that rock yeah, climbing? Yeah. It's, it's rock okay. climbing, speed okay. I climbing. I did that last week. I I say, yeah, it's exactly. That's what everybody kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing when you actually kind of see it in person, what what, what those people do. It's uh, Those athletes are phenomenal in their accomplishments. Let's talk a bit about branded
0: entertainment because I think Red Bull really is unique in when going back you know, farther than you were even at the company, they have... Red Bull has gone deeper into this than probably any other company out there. I mentioned at the beginning it was kind of a pioneer. Has the strategic approach changed? Uh, You know, it felt like for a time, and you mentioned the Stratus jump some years ago, uh, that you couldn't turn on a television and watch any sort of action sport and not see that logo.
1: Yeah. the, The strategic approach actually hasn't changed that much. Uh, in the beginning, so about 30 years ago when the company was created, it was a means to the end. Uh, it was something about a product that nobody really understood. The energy drinks category was not really well defined. So it was hard to communicate, actually, what the brand was about. But what what our founder kind of believed right from the beginning was that if you brought people together in communities, and in this case it was around events, bring people together and get to see you know the accomplishments of people, what they can do driven through maybe Red Bull, then you can achieve on a utility basis. So kind of you get the boost when you need it within an occasion, whether you're studying, you're working, or you're maybe partying, um, and specifically in sports, that you have an opportunity to kind of like can perform more and, and higher. So what we did right from the beginning is capture these events, capture these athletes, and nothing really has changed. What has changed is that now there are a lot more brands out there who are following you know, the same path. Uh, traditional media, as we know, is all challenged, uh, regardless of the media that you're on, whether that's television, whether that's radio, whether that's in magazines, newspapers. So there's a lot more companies over the last eight years. And I don't know whether I have the numbers all right, but I think over the last eight years, the investment in brand entertainment has more than doubled. Obviously, very, very much focused on video. So now what we're seeing is we're not alone anymore, kind of in a space that probably 20, 30 years ago, we still had a much, much stronger voice in. So for us, what is really important that we kind of maintain the relevancy that we build, uh, whether that is through sports events or cultural events. And uh, what's good for us to see is that our audiences, through the strength of our stories and through the strength of our events and athletes, has been kept growing. So the strategy, to your question, hasn't really changed, but it has evolved and it's gotten more complex also in a world where there's just a lot more content out there.
0: What about your relationship to the parent company? I'm wondering how that, if at all, has changed. I'm wondering whether it's even necessary for your
1: division to be profitable. What are the expectations? So the expectations are that we have a dual mandate. You're absolutely right. The media house sits separately from the beverage. uh, But what the one strong mandate is, obviously, to create content around the stories of our athletes and our events. That will never change. We now do over 1,200 events a year. We have, as I mentioned, 750-plus athletes. And that sounds expensive. Uh, well, it's less that it's about expensive. It's much about that they have so many great stories to tell. I mean, our athletes are just phenomenal individuals who are performing at the highest level every day. And what we have seen now in this world is that uh, audiences around the world are much, much more interested uh, about what the stories are behind. Of course, they're still interested in the results and in the competitions, but really the narrative around this. And so everybody these days is talking about storytelling and, and, and narratives. But what we've been seeing is that the access that we have to those uh, events, these athletes, made f- fascinating stories. So, yes, we are creating more content than we've ever done before. And that, and again, in return, supports the brand. That being said, we're also a standalone media house that has the expectation to perform uh, and create content at the highest level. Uh, And for that, we require the best writers, producers, uh, uh, and directors, uh, production partners, other studios that we work with. And so for us, it is really, really important that we kind of keep that quality up. And in some cases, that not necessarily relates back to the brand. So there we go. We create feature films. That's where we kind of go out, create serialized content. Uh, We're still in print media. We have local uh, print media that we're pursuing. Again, for us, localization is really, really important. And so building media capability in the times of 2019, 2020, where the world is changing rapidly and how people consume is really important. So we do have those tool mandates and we're kind of working with them. On the profitability side, we have a vast portfolio have everything from Red Bull Records and Red Bull Music Publishing to Red Bull Films all the way to our magazine and book publishing business. So we look at all of them individually on a profitability basis, but the big advantage that we have is we are a private company, so we have the opportunity to invest, we can try new things, we can be out there, and we take a longer-term view on the investment as it comes back, including innovation, because as we all know, technology is exploding so we're trying to see how we can harness that, both for production, but also in making our athletes being better athletes.
0: Can you so, give me an example of that? What's a way that you might be innovating with athletes using technology?
1: So one of the things we're looking at right now is uh, how can we use uh, uh, mind controlled activity around gaming? Not just to actually think about how we make esports athletes better, but how can we also kind of improve mental responsiveness for our physical athletes? Because the games, everything that people do Everything goes faster, the demands from the athletes are getting harder so physical on the, we have made a lot of progress over the last you know decades on really improving physical fitness um, so the idea about improving mental fitness is now also being seen as a key ingredient not just for eSports athletes, um, obviously who have to be extremely alert but also for other sports where if you can improve reaction time exactly. Uh, then you are in a much better position to improve performance. So this is kind of where we're working with our athletes, and that is uh, something of great interest to us.
0: That's so interesting. So for instance, you mentioned, you know, random example here, Anthony Davis, you could sit him down with a game that you will create and a helmet or some sort of head apparatus in which he will control the game without using his hands. And this will help develop his agility, I mean, that's mind-blowing, so to speak. (laughs) to speak, (laughs) quite
1: literally. Uh, Well, hopefully, not literally, not blowing his mind, but um, (laughs) no, but uh, you're right. I mean, again, everything is just a tool. Everything is just an experiment. So, you know, and this is not where, like, finally, I mean, somebody who's performing at a level like like Anthony Davis, obviously, uh, is already at the pinnacle of things. But what we can see is whether there are improvements, and again, in some cases, when you see ski races, which we get decided among the top five within hundredths of a second, you know that every little bit counts. So what we're just doing is trying to find other ways, as we've done over the years, trying to improve the environments in which athletes can perform for them to just get better. So it's just one experiment. It might, it might not work. But to your point about profitability, as the company that we are, we have committed ourselves to give wings to people to get better in what they're doing and their ideas. And this is just one example where we think that hey, maybe that's another piece. And if it's not, I'm going to try something else. And that is our commitment back to the athlete community, but also to the artist community out there, just to kind of become better than where they are today, because that's what they're striving for. Okay. Well, I mean, you talked
0: about the many, and I mean many different places Red Bull is active uh, today in terms of media and platforms. Let's talk about a few I mean, what strikes me about on the film side is I've seen some of the things you guys have done in recent years, and that doesn't even seem to have the Red Bull as prominently branded as you might be, say, on
1: television. So yeah. what's the point? Well, the point is twofold. First of all, we're really starting with the story in mind. And, and with the story comes, especially these days, uh, a, a huge expectation of what authenticity is concerned. Um, the audience is out there extremely discriminating and they understand what they see. So for us, it's important to tell the story first. There are stories, there are environments, there are events where a branded environment absolutely makes sense. But if we tell an emotional story, if we tell, for example, Rebecca Rush's story uh, in The Blood Road last year, uh, a great, great film, won an Emmy Uh, it's an amazing story about commitment. It's about endurance. It's about closure. I mean, there's so many emotions in there. You have to allow stories like that to breathe. And if there is a place for a brand, fantastic. If not, we would like to put the story first. What it does in return for us is that we get credibility back also in the marketplace for creating credible stories. And again, coming back to what it is we do, we are not in the business of creating branded commercials. Uh, Yes, we are branded product environment that we're operating but we're first and foremost like to tell our stories and if those stories uh, should be told well you need really really good people to do that and so for us we really kind of balance out when there's a place for the brand to be involved and then where's a place where maybe we just tell a story and let that story breathe and uh, I think we've done a good balanced job in trying to kind of move that forward but we're looking again further forward where we think that as a standalone media house, we do have the opportunity now with the credibility that we build in the marketplace to actually also take the next steps. So what might be the next step in the film space for Red Bull? So the next step would be, first of all, to do more in what we've been doing. We've been extremely selective and limited in the releases we've been doing. I think we have the opportunity to tell more stories and be out there, not just on uh, uh, documentary features, but also serialized content, and the other thing we're now looking at is actually to get into uh, scripted feature development.
0: What would that look like?
1: What 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 exemplifies a Red Bull scripted movie? Um, that's a really good question because that's where development for right now. But um, you know, for us, anything that's aspirational. I mean, if you watch if you watch a film and it just kind of makes your you know lifts your heart, if it lifts your spirits, if it's just something about where somebody overcomes something or achieves something that um, you wouldn't really think about them maybe achieving at the outset. There are plenty of positive stories out there and and we live for those positive stories. We live for someone who is out there, has an idea, goes for it, and then achieves that, that goal. So I think there are stories that uh, we can get ourselves behind that are extremely in the spirit of what we believe is Red Bull um, and fits to what we do. And if we can tell those stories in a scripted environment, uh, I think sometimes that's a lot more impactful than on documentary side. So so that is something we would like to kind of explore. So currently we have a few things in development, and maybe in a year or so we can talk about some of them being in production.
0: And I don't want to pry about specific titles. I'm just curious how you're going about this. Are you now at festivals looking to buy?
1: Uh, ac- acquisition is, is always an opportunity, but I think ideally with some of the ideas we have, uh, finding co-production partners, finding studios who might kind of share our passion for really, really good stories, and then having that opportunity to partner up and co-produce, uh, I think would be uh, also a pathway that would go down. I got to
0: admit, when you first said this, the first thought I had was comparing... Red, what Red Bull might do to say what Lego does or what Angry Birds does do, like a, an animated character that's a Red Bull or something with wings. I mean, are you thinking anything like that or yeah. am I
1: off the reservation? Uh, I'm not sure that animated, <laughs> uh, animation would be the first step uh, of what we're doing. I think there are some real people out there who've really provided uh, inspiration and uh, uh, to the world and what they've done. And I think if we kind of pick some of those stories and tell those stories – uh, I think that would be the first step. Uh, right. But, you know, you never know. Animation has uh, had a really good run uh, over the last few years. But I think we're going to stay, um, stay staying on, the, on the scripted side without animation
0: first. And uh, does this tell us anything in terms of your commitment to unscripted documentaries? I assume that's still very much in play.
1: Yes, absolutely. And uh, I'm always excited about the documentaries we do. I mean, these documentaries have proven uh, not just to ourselves, because, you know, obviously we love the stories that that we tell. That's why we do them. But also, I think if we're looking out to kind of how the audience are responding and how the industry is responding to it as well. So if we look at the movie that we had uh, recently at the the PGA Awards uh, nomination uh, with uh, the Dawn Wall. It's been a tremendous success for us. I think it tells an extremely inspiring story. Um, So for us to stay committed to those kind of stories, absolutely. And we just want to tell more stories. Um, Also, as I mentioned, you know, serialized, there's just a lot of opportunities to tell stories that just take a little bit more time that maybe kind of explode uh, the frame of of, uh, an hour and a half, two hour feature. So for us, any kind of stories, really remain at, at the core of what we do. I guess we should all be uh, bracing ourselves for a Red Bull Oscar, perhaps, in the future. Well, uh, you know, if, if, if we were so lucky to get recognized for anything we do, we, we're always appreciative, but I think it is a story first that comes out there, and hopefully with uh, either alone or with some of the partners, we're going to get to tell some stories, absolutely.
0: So let's also talk about music. I know you guys have been in that space for a while, but more recently... The publishing business, why music publishing?
1: Well, in my opinion, the music industry is really based on the IP of those who write, who produce, who compose. Um, that is really the origin. It's the nucleus of everything that creates music. Uh, I don't want to diminish anything of the talent successes of those who actually perform, who sometimes are the same people or not. But for us, as successful as we've been in some of the performing arts on the uh, on the recording side... I feel like that with all the things that we do, we have a much greater opportunity to serve the community on the writers and the producers side. Um, Very much as we do it on the athlete side, where we have much more experience. I think with the Red Bull Music Festivals, the Red Bull Music Academy, uh, the Red Bull Music Studios that we have all over the world, we do have a really, really great infrastructure where we can invite writers and producers to come in to fulfill their dreams their ideas, Um, and again, that's all what we're always about, and there has not really been a good reason why we haven't done that more on the music publishing side, so now ramping it up and kind of getting more artists in uh, to Red Bull um, to be part of our family, part of that infrastructure, I think will provide really great opportunity over the next few years to have some really good music kind of coming out of those who are signing with us uh, on a local level.
0: And, uh, I mean, are there ambitions in terms of other parts of the music business that you're looking to get into?
1: Well, actually, as as, as I started alluding to, we're already in a lot of parts of the We we do our music festivals around the world. We have an educational music program that we've been pursuing for the last 15, 20 years. We've had Red Bull Records for a while. We have Red Bull Music Publishing for a while. We have a music portfolio company and we create music content. Also, again, back to the documentary piece, we've done feature documentaries around artists and and musicians. Um, So we've already been pretty holistically present within the music industry but I do believe that we haven't really put all the pieces together to grow our relevance in there. And I think that with what we have to offer, it really provides a great opportunity for, for young, inspiring artists who are out there. Again, we will always start with those who are still looking to find their wings a little bit, right? the people who, who are enormously talented. And we've seen enough talent shows out there on television over the last few years to know that there's amazing talent out there. And we just want to have our part and kind of bring some of that talent um, to shine. So, you know, we've talked about
0: video and film and music. The thing, though, that strikes me when I think about my own impression of Red Bull and well, where I feel its impact most is social media. And I would imagine that also drives a lot of the other uh, momentum in some of these other parts of the business. Red Bull has built a pretty significant footprint in social media. How did it get there? Because that's not easy to do, especially – because essentially, you are a beverage
1: brand first and foremost. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a very good point. I think the reason that we had the opportunity to build a social footprint, again, goes back to the enormous talent that we're just surrounded with. I think if we would put the brand first, which we're not, I think it would have been a much, very different story. I also don't think it would have been as universally accepted. Um, so for us, it's not about putting the brand first at all. Uh, but if you do put the athletes and their accomplishments, if you do put the events and, and and the uniqueness of the events that we do around the world, and then if you take the stories that kind of combine all of those and you allow those stories to put forward, you know, you get a much, much different uh, response out there in the social world. Um, and again, even social is highly, you know, uh, uh, ambiguous now, right? It's not anymore one channel. It's multiple channels and how you communicate through those channels. And if you take the stories and you make them appropriate to the audience that are out there and you let the stories tell, uh, and if you have the, uh, the athletes or the artists tell their stories and you give them a platform for expression, I mean, for us, the greatest thing we can do is use everything that we have from an asset and infrastructure perspective and make them a platform for expression for those who are part of the family. And then you really, really see how people respond because they don't wanna hear the Red Bull stories. What they wanna hear is the story of the athletes and of the events and the things that are happening out there. And so we are providing a lot of freedom to everyone to just tell their stories. And I think the more authentic you are about that, where people on the other side are like, well, this feels not authentic. It doesn't feel real, et cetera, The more you do this and then have people tell each other the stories, the more successful you are in social. And so we're extremely lucky that we're in a position where we have all these athletes, we have all these influencers who are telling with passion their stories. And, uh, you know, we're just, you know, lucky that we're in a position to support them in telling those stories. So is there anything here, I mean,
0: it's funny because we've covered so much ground here, it's hard for me to say, well, what's next? What else is there to do? Because it feels like... You're going in so many different directions, but are there things that
1: in 2019 and beyond that we should be looking at? Well, I think uh, there's a lot more to do. The world is changing so, so quickly. Um, I mean, if we would have had this conversation a year and a half ago and you would say, hey, what's what's ahead? What do you think is happening? You know, we could have talked about a million things. But probably, you know, um, having uh, formed a new relationship with Ninja, who's, you know, one of the top uh, if not the top Fortnite player out there. And even Fortnite, we, two years ago, we would have not had a conversation about right. it because it wouldn't have even existed. Now it's the largest game in the world. Uh, and now if we see the influence that someone like Ninja has also as part of being part of uh, a Red Bull, is it's just something that uh, – uh, it's not something we could have forecasted. So for us, we do look proactively in how we can do all the things that we do, our events, our athletes, how we can do all of that better. Do we get into other sports or do we go deeper in some sports? I mean, for us, um, again, we talked about the Olympics for next year, three versus three basketball. Just take that. That's a very different animal, despite the fact that basketball has been in the Olympics now for quite a while. I think we have great opportunities to kind of see and the, you know, the role we can play. I mean, again, three versus three is one of the, ultimate urban sports that we've had that we've been involved in very much like skateboarding and others so how can we make sure that our athletes will have the right opportunities because so we will continue to do the things that we're doing i think we're really going to in 19 and 20 focus on the audiences that are out there and what they want to hear what they want to see how they want to engage with us i mean relevancy and engagement is the new currency and so for us, it is about how we can enhance that. And any opportunity comes to us either directly because we might have the idea or some people in, in, uh, from the athlete side might have the ideas, but also our partners. You know, if partners come to us or people have ideas out there and they say, hey, I have an idea. Can you help me kind of maybe give this idea wings? Can we do this together? Can we co-produce? Can we co-create? Um, that is what excites me, what's happening in 1920. I think creativity is at an ultimate high. People see that they have enormous opportunity out there to express uh, how they feel, what they want to do, the stories that they have. And if we can just have, play a small part in that, I think you know we're in a really good place. So we're going to have a lot of fun time doing well, that.
0: Well, looking forward to seeing what Red Bull does in 2019 and beyond. Garrett, thanks for coming in and talking to me.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me, And Much
0: appreciated. This has been another episode of Strictly Business. Tune in next week for another helping of scintillating conversation with media movers and shakers. And please make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear future episodes.